0: people I find fascinating, seven questions. Today, I have the honor of having Paul Vincent. Paul is the co-founder and CEO of Altus Worldwide, an exclusive company that manages the health and longevity of their clients. Born in Washington, D.C., Paul grew up in Portugal. He completed his undergraduate degree at UCLA and attained a master's degree in exercise science, focusing on human performance. Paul has an extensive athletic background in many extreme sports, including expedition-length adventure racing, Ironman-length triathlons, long course open water swimming, and the 800 and 1500 meters on the track back in college. Paul has worked with a wide range of athletes, including Olympians, soccer players, and basketball players, to name a few. Paul has trained many Hollywood A-list celebrities and continues to work on some of the largest movies out today. Paul's philosophy is about staying healthy without compromising lifestyle. People should still eat the foods and engage in the activities they love while achieving the results they desire. Wow, like I said last time, I love that. I'm going to read that again. People should still eat the foods and engage in the activities they love while achieving the results they desire. Man, that's incredible. Well, Paul, thank you for playing seven questions. Awesome, man, I'm excited. All right, um, I know last time we got interrupted and it's funny when, you're, when you've got a camera <laughs> in front of you, I'm so used to doing it just with the podcast, uh, that we can, um, uh, you just gotta start all over again. That's right, man. Uh, but thank you for making the time. And like I mentioned, seven questions, we're gonna pick seven questions. Um, oh, okay, so it's random. Random specific. seven questions, oh, okay, yeah. Okay, so okay, we got this fun box here. I
1: love it. I was wondering what the box was. And yeah,
0: so the magic box is we pick seven questions, and then um, you'll pick one, and I'll read it. Okay, cool. All right, you ready? I'm ready. Question one. Dig deep. Question number one. Ah, I love this one. Do you believe in luck?
1: Luck? Hmm, there's a, I sort of have always gone with an answer with this one because of a study that was done on luck. Okay. Um, that where they tested two groups of people, one said they're very unlucky and the other said they're lucky. And so they set up this experiment where they had to um, walk from one, di- one place to another place and they had to follow a certain path and then they were going to meet at a certain location. And the ones that were unlucky just sort of had their head down, went there and got to this it was a bar that they were meeting at and they just sat at the bar. And the other ones who said they're lucky were looking up and looking around and they had the, the, the scientists had hidden things along the way like money and stuff. And the ones who said they're lucky were looking around, engaged and found mm. the money and then got to the bar and there were these influences there which the lucky ones just started a conversation with them and ended up in some kind of relationship. Mm. And so they were saying that luck doesn't exist. Mm. And I sort of um, agree with that. I think it's really um, being observant. But I think there's also another side to it, which is my belief, which I think um, there's something there which you could um, possibly call luck, which is, where your internal environment is like if Mm. i'm stressed or or occupied with something internally or i'm you know um, light and happy Mm -hmm. i think different things will show up in my world Mm. or whether i'm seeing them or that they're coming into my life i'm not sure about but i think if i'm in a good place like internally i think good things happen Mm. and you could maybe label that as luck um but i think you know, it's it's it is definitely I think there's a correlation there.
0: Okay. That's the best explanation I've gotten that's not really saying whether you do or <laughs> yeah. not. But it's like around it. It in a skirt around <laughs> way. Uh there's this like it's like this weird, I don't know how you know, people who can't see me. I'm waving my hands around the table that we're at. And it's I love the way Maybe it's in that. the labelling. It's in the labeling. I love that. I love that. Well, thank you for answering question one. <laughs> question two. Okay. See if I can skirt around this one too. Let's see. I mean, that was <laughs> impressive, actually. All right, let's see what we got here. Wow. Question two. Paul, what are you most grateful for today? What are you most grateful for? You've had an amazing career, still going. What are you most grateful for?
1: I. I would imagine you get this a lot but I'm most grateful for the relationships I have in my life Mm. Um, and not just the positive ones like I have amazing influences in my life and people that I really love and care about it's funny I went through a transition um, and growing up I actually isolated myself from friends and people and was really shy and you know struggled with depression and things Mm. and I went through sort of uh, transformation three years ago and I it's it's like the whole world just looked different to me and I went through all this purging and stuff like dealt with stuff my inner demons Mm -hmm. and since then I've developed these relationships that I'm so close Mm -hmm. and it's funny I had this um, experience where it was uh, it was a weekend and I was you know was with one group of friends on Friday night and then Saturday worked out, I cycled and I cycled with a group of friends and then played tennis with a buddy and then met another group for, for dinner. And then Sunday morning I woke up and I'm like, man, I have no friends. Mm. And it just hit me. I'm like, wow, that's a perception issue. Mm. And I was separating myself into this world that I created. It wasn't reality, it was perceived. And once I got that, everything changed for me. And just last week, I, had, I, uh, I was talking to my girlfriend about this, that within a day, four different guys would text each other that we love each other. Mm. And that didn't exist a few years ago in my world. Mm. And so I think that's what's most important to me are those relationships, and not, not only the great ones. It's really, I, I, I feel you can learn from many relationships, whether it's, it's you would class it as a negative relationship you know, or not. So it's really all the relationships in my life.
0: Mm. Thank you for sharing that.
1: One second. Ice cream truck. You'd order that? No. <laughs> no. It's on PCH. I'm surprised you can hear it here.
0: I have the same problem, but next to my house. Really?
1: There. That's crazy. That really carries.
0: But at least this one has a nice melody. The other one is really bad. <laughs> really?
1: <laughs> it's crazy, huh? That carries Is it right here? No. It's here. no?
0: We're getting interrupted by uh, ice cream. Everything. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> um we'll continue. I guess the good thing is there's just still recording. We can edit. Okay. Uh question number three. Okay. Thank you for sharing that. I got a little distracted there. Yeah. yeah. Okay, okay. This one. I feel it's gonna be a good one this one. Yeah. I think this is almost similar, which is interesting. Is it? Uh what makes you feel most alive today? The second one was grateful. So this is a little different. What makes you feel most alive today?
1: I, you know, I practice, I have certain practices that I do for that experience. Mm. And um, you're probably gonna say I'm skirting around this one too, because I'm gonna, (laughs) I probably won't answer in a very direct way. But you know, there's things like, I do things like a lot of cold exposure. Like I'll get up in the morning and I work out and I'll get into an ice tub, mm. and you know, there's a, a natural response. We have a physiological response of panic when we get when our body's in that cold, and all these hormones flood through our bodies to get us to, into action to get out of that. So our body's sending the signals to get us out of this dangerous situation. And in that, you become very alert. Mm. So things like that and the exercising, I also um, I like to challenge my body and mm-hmm. so there's things I do that you know make me nervous or scare me and in those times I really feel present and, and alive mm-hmm. so I think it's it's sort of those actions I take that I, I put into my life to have that experience
0: okay I've never heard that, <laughs> but I, like that. No, I'm like, I think you're probably actually one of two that I've done that's really more active in your um, uh, active in terms of physical mm-hmm. uh, in terms of how how you At least so far, question three, I'm thinking. Yeah. Um, I like how you're responding to these. I'm like, (laughs) it's pretty cool. All right, that's three. Question four. Four. Okay. Ah, this one's (laughs) fun. Yeah. Uh, If you were an animal, which one would you want to be?
1: Ooh, it's a tricky one. There's some kind of cat comes to mind right away, and I'm trying to figure out why that is. Like, I love, like, (laughs) leopards and and cheetahs and panthers, and I don't know if it's just I love the animal, Um, but I'm trying to see if that's sort of an ego thing or where that comes from, because, you know, I like... I think they're very elegant, you know, animals. Mm -hmm. Um, And when you, you know, hear about them in the wild, you know, how they track people and they... um, you know, they're very agile and very fast and very strong. And I think, I guess that's what attracts me to them. So I think I would be a cat.
0: What you know. kind of cat?
1: I, I, let's say, let's say, not a home cat. Okay. That's what I thought. I was like, <laughs> yeah. wait, where are we going if with I this? I'm going with a, with a, uh, let's go Black Panther. Black Panther. I just yeah. think they're, they're really
0: cool. Mm-hmm.
1: Sort of, they are they're very really elegant. Cool. Mm-hmm. They're beautiful. They, they, they're sharp. They're alert. I don't know.
0: It's funny when I uh, I answered that same way too uh, when it was asked or when I was, when it was uh-huh. asked someone else once. Uh, I like I answered the Black Panther. Did you? I like the Black Panther. They're, they're beautiful animals. Yeah. I like the Black Panther. Yeah. Um, I'm just smiling. I'm like, yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> that's a good choice. I approve. Uh, all right. Question five. Hey. How you doing so far? I'm good. All I'm right. good.
1: These are getting more fun as we go.
0: Oh, let's not uh, hold your breath there, let's see. <laughs> <it. laughs> Question five, what do you do to find peace when at times there is noise all around you? Um, like today, <laughs> like there's <today, it's> noise. <laughs> it's
1: noise. I, I feel like I'm answering these in a very uh, roundabout way, but again, um, I do a lot of mindfulness, a lot of meditation. Mm. And I think where 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 I separate from a lot of people, like there's definitely a a spiritual element, you know. But what I do um, when I'm mindful, it's about being present,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: no matter what the environment. Um, And I and I, I'm very interested in a lot of the martial arts around mindfulness training, like Zen and um, uh, all the martial arts, where they have to be have an ultra focus mm-hmm. in adversity, in chaos. And so I meditate every day as a practice to be mindful. Not mm. as the moment, my 40 minutes of meditation. It's, it's, that, it to me, is the practice. So throughout the day, I can be mindful. Which means I'm not reactive to whatever is happening. Mm. So I can almost separate from my um, emotionality. You know, I believe we're made up of either Biogenetic traits, mm-hmm. so genetic programming, or socio-genetic traits—things in the environment that affected me and made my personality. Mm. So those two things are operating me, and they'll dictate what I do unless I separate from it. So the mindfulness practice, the meditation I do, is for me to sort of separate from that. So my—I may have a, an experience of stress. Something may happen: a loud noise or something scary may come at me, and. I try and look at that as my human mm-hmm. <laughs> is having that experience. Mm. And I try and separate from it. Not that I'm an expert at it or, or whatever, but it's uh, it's definitely something I go after to try and practice being calm no, despite what my experience is. Mm. And I'm not sure if I'm explaining that well because there is... Um, there is the um, there's the experience of being um, stressed or in uh, I forgot what you you called it um, in those tumultuous times. Mm-hmm. There's that experience, and then there's the observation of that experience. And I try and be more present with the observation of it. Mm-hmm.
0: Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think if you can be present, for, I mean, for me, I'm, I'm using if I can be present, then I can. I if I can for me if I can be present in all of that then I'm able to personally, um, how I would handle it, yeah. I can, um, I'm like, what words am I looking for? I can I can sit back. It's a little easier uh, for yeah. me. I don't know, for me, I'm like thinking yeah. of, I I'm think I'm, I'm, I'm following.
1: Yeah. Does that make sense? No, yeah. absolutely. It's like, you know, I was talking to someone today and we were talking about, um, I just wrote this article on... Um, it was really about um, sort of the stress response. Mm. But what it turned into, I I labeled it in the end, the dark side of language. Mm -hmm. Because all animals have that stress response, but we have language, so we can have a conversation Mm -hmm. about past or future. So any thought is past or future, it's not present. Mm. So then I'm reacting to that thought. Mm -hmm. So the less I can be, have a conversation. So the, the the less thought I can have, the more present I am, and the less stress response. Mm-hmm. So that's my practice: is to not have thought, to not engage in thought, and so that makes me present.
0: Wow, that's impressive. <laughs> that would be impressive, actually. Um, it's it's a tough that? practice. Yeah, it's I'm a like, tough that's practice. A practice. I you know, have. I
1: definitely improved, but by no means am I any any kind of expert in it. Yeah. For those out there listening, I'd love to hear
0: your thoughts. Um, on that practice you try it let me know uh, I think that's incredible um yeah that's like you just gave, like, gave me something new to try yeah uh definitely yeah. I'm like, there's, there's mm-hmm. some really
1: cool techniques actually which one I do is just looking at some object it can be a glass of water or a bottle or whatever and I look at it for one minute without any thought and that's how mm-hmm. I started and it's amazing how your 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 conscience tries to grab you and get your attention mm-hmm. you know and then you start a conversation about that and it's always, it's always going on, it's constant. And so if you can get a little reprieve from it by not thinking, it's, it's so powerful. Wow, uh,
0: and here's a glass on the table and there I'm looking go. at it like, let's see. I know, well, afterwards we as can try our, it. As <laughs> present, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm like, man, thank you for sharing that, Paul. Of course, mate. Uh, question six, almost there. Oh, getting to the end. Let's see, big okay, D. Okay, here we go, I'm filling this one. Ah, question six. Why do you think we work? Why do we work? Oh, all?
1: I've been thinking about this a lot, actually. There mm, <laughs> you go. Um, and trying to understand whether whether, whether it's necessary. Um, if you go back in civilization, part of what I do, I lecture, and I, I always like to look at um, why things started, or wh- what was the origin of it. You know, for example, three meals a day you know Mm -hmm. we'd regard that as normal but there's a time it started you know and it kind of goes back to the industrial revolution that when we started three meals a day but if you go back to work it's very interesting because there was a time when we didn't need to work Mm -hmm. if you go back far enough Mm -hmm. and so there's there's then we sort of added value to um, coins metals and then paper and then we had to get that value. And then we created a civilization mm-hmm. where, where these actions went on, where I did something that you wanted and I could kind of get it for you. And you know, I think the, 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 the introduction of agriculture was a big kind of shift into mm. their work because um, we, uh, we transitioned from you know, uh, vegetation growing and we would go get it to us having to look after it. Now, we're sort of imprisoned by the agriculture so we have to live around it and protect it and make sure it's go and bring it water and that so we have to stay put because of the agriculture mm-hmm. and so that was a job but then mm-hmm. i had something i grew something that you wanted mm-hmm. and then we went to trade so now we've gone through you know our um, story as a species was survive the night for a long time and i think we're only in a period now where that's there's the ability for that to change mm-hmm. and you know even oh. into you know if you think about survive the night Back when we were, you know, uh, roaming and cavemen, you know, um, that was true. I had mm. to survive the night in the darkness. It was very dangerous, and I had to survive the night. Then we started working and jobs, mm. and I had to survive the night because I had to buy all these things and houses and food and, and education for my children and all this thing. So then I was surviving the night in that regard. Mm-hmm. But I think we're at a very interesting place right now, and and I I think it goes into a shift of energy where power comes from and into renewables which is a whole other conversation but i think it's that that shifts what we're we're having to gain i think the need to work shifts um, and also it's our understanding of what we need so t- for me to survive mm-hmm. i don't need that much mm-hmm. you know i could have a little patch of land and grow some vegetables and i would live mm-hmm. you know um and and, and jumping back again, you know, our days probably before our current civilization. We go back a couple, a few thousand years, and you know, we'd get up in the day, and I'd be with my tribe, and we'd go out and forage, and maybe hunt, and get some food, and then we'd come back, prepare it, and eat it, and tell stories, and hang out, and that was my day. Mm-hmm. And understanding that that's still possible, you know, I always had this idea that I want to go to an impoverished, impoverished town, and everyone who's you know, suffering without the work and look at what they really need. And if we could create a community where there's enough food and shelter, there's not much else they need. And they could maybe then go from um, stressing to get work to, it would be a leisure life. It'd be like you're on vacation. I could wake mm-hmm. up in the morning and I could do some exercising and some yoga and tend to my garden and then go back and I wouldn't need to work. But I think there's a whole other element. And I think that's where the ego comes in. I realized several years ago, you know, if you, if you really look at the, the sociogenetic trait that I mentioned before, and that's what drives me, that's my personality, my identity, I have to prove something or disprove something. Mm. So, I realized that if I looked at myself, what was I trying to do? And you can look at, you know, the car you drive, the job you have, the friends you have, the, the way you dress, it's all trying to prove or disprove something and I was trying to prove that I had importance mm. and I think it probably came from me being the youngest and you know my brother's eight years older than me and so I developed slower than them and I was always behind in development mm. I mean and so I couldn't do the things they did and so I had to prove myself and so that I ended up you know working starting my own company where I was a CEO I drove a, a nice car and I dressed a certain way and I had to travel a certain class mm. and I was trying to prove to the world that I was important. Mm-hmm. And you know, if, someone, if I felt that someone didn't value me, then I got upset.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so I think that's, that, that survival of the ego, the creation of my ego, is wrapped up in work. Mm. And I think that's why it's sort of kept alive. So I think to kind of come back to, to, the, to the original question was, I don't think we need to for survival, but I think we need to for survival of our ego.
0: Mm, I've never heard that before. <laughs> wow, that's deep, that's deep. I love that, I'm like, <laughs> wow. Oh man, um, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I don't, I think that's good for itself, guys. Uh, <laughs> that could have been number seven right there. I would have just dropped the mic uh, that left people pondering, because I'm still pondering. Uh, but we've got one more question. Okay. So okay. Give me those thoughts, man. That was great, Paul. Uh, question seven. Do it. Okay, here we go. Ah, what's been the most difficult choice you've had to make to fulfill your destiny? What's been the most difficult choice you've had to make to fulfill your destiny?
1: Struggling with the destiny part, so um, you're calling. Yeah, because I don't know. Like I feel I have one, mm-hmm. but I don't know if I've made it up or not. So I'll, I'll, I'll get to the question, but I'm just that's where I'm. I'm a little stuck on fulfilling my destiny. There's this, in terms of work, there's been some very. And that's kind of what my mind went to, but I don't know if that's the right place to focus on. Um, I think okay, I. I maybe I'll answer in two ways I think in fulfilling my destiny what what I want to do I want to um, I've always said I want to participate in being the tipping point Mm. to shift our civilization our collective consciousness as a civilization as a species to a more unified and out of the suffering because I believe there's a whole way different way to operate Um, which I sort of touched on in my other answers but I would class that as my destiny is to participate in that and to create that shift and I think the hardest thing I had to do, and this is going to sound very strange I think, but to separate from my ego because there's my identity Paul and there's what he wants and if I follow that I'll get those results. I'll get what the life, the only option that Paul has is the life that he could get. Because certain things, like like for example, he has to show he's important, and he, he reacts to certain things, and he has certain fears, and because of that, that's a filter that he's he's interacting with the world through, mm-hmm. and so you know you may sa- say something to me, and that filter will interpret it, based on Paul's biogenetic and sociogenetic traits, and so I'll mm-hmm. react to that, I'll respond to it that way, and I'll act on it that way, mm-hmm. and so that'll that'll just produce one set of out, uh, uh, one outcome, now. If I um, sort of, if I can um, separate from that, then I'll have a whole other set of outcomes. So I think the hardest thing for me was to create a separation from that. Mm. And what I did, I had to for a year, I, it, it sounds really odd saying it out loud, but I referred to myself in the third person. Mm. Paul's hungry. Paul you know Paul's upset, mm-hmm. whatever it is, and it, it, it creates a detachment and that is where I was able to get the observer, but the other thing I had to do was I couldn't gratify Paul, meaning, mm-hmm. you know, I think there's a lot of things we do as, as humans that um, cause a positive response, like eating certain foods. You know, we're genetically coded to have a certain reaction to certain foods, mm-hmm. you know, um, glu- high glucose sh- foods, sugars and stuff. They were rare for us, and we're we're definitely one of the weakest animals on the on the plains, and so. We have a response to try and eat as much of this, you know, if we came across a fig tree, to eat as much of the figs as possible before the baboon showed up. Mm. You know? So we're programmed for that. And so we use those things to gratify ourselves. Um, TV's another one, or sex, things like that that give um, a lot of pleasure mm-hmm. to ourselves. Now what's happening, I believe, is that, there's, that we're trying to mask some, something else, some other stress we're having, some other feeling we're having. So if I've had a bad day, I want to come home and watch TV or eat something, you know, a pizza or something that really makes me happy, mm. you know. And all that's doing is masking something. So what I had to do is to not gratify myself for a year. Mm. So I, I, I believe you can have whatever you want, you know, and you read that, you know, in the beginning, you know, I've, I've, my, one of my philosophers is still have all the things you yeah. love and do it. But there's, there's, there's a, a very slight shift. One is controlling you and the other is you're in control of it. So if I get home and I'm like, i got to have you know, this chocolate. That's controlling me. I can still have the chocolate, but I got to choose it without that response. I'm not choosing it because it's masking something else. Mm-hmm. So I think that was really the hardest part. And I'm still going through the process. I haven't got there at all. But I think it's that, that um, giving up the gratification of the mm-hmm. ego, what Paul wants and not mm-hmm. acting. And I have to catch myself all the time. And I'm always watching myself because what Paul wants isn't always the best choice wow i think you're on another
0: level Paul. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. that is beyond i'm like that is phenomenal actually because i don't think many people even begin to think that way
1: yeah it's i don't know if i recommend it but uh, i think the end result would be good
0: mm, no i'm like blown away man <laughs> uh as is common, as our listeners know at the end of seven questions we always ask for some for you to nominate someone so okay. who comes to mind?
1: Wow. Um, is there any particular person, or is just someone? Anyone,
0: that anyone you want to call out to, to play seven questions? Does it, it? Preferably in LA. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> like,
1: well, we could do it over the phone. Uh, yeah. Um, there's a there's a there's someone that I I don't know why she popped in my head, but she's a an amazing person and photographer. Okay. Um, Name is Cat.
0: Um, Cat. Yeah. Um, I'll get the details, of the yeah. last name later. But Cat, uh, I'll be reaching out uh, <laughs> for you to play Seven Questions, Paul. It's been fun. Uh, we've had a few crazy <laughs> distractions, <laughs> but thanks for being calm and, and so <laughs> smiley, and receptive. Exactly. <laughs> that was and just fun, chill man. No, I loved it. I really uh, appreciate the time, man. I appreciate that. You can can handle yourself under pressure. Uh, You're just so chill. I'm like, like, phone calls, this, that, dogs. And you're like, yep, that, da, -da, water. (laughs) I love it. Um, Well, you're listening to some Questions. It's Booty. Uh, If you like, please subscribe and comment below. Thank you so much. And I will be with you guys soon.